0: This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 461 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, Total Saddle Fit, and Equine Comfort Products. Tonight, we're going to have a discussion with young professionals Ashley Ran Torres and Cody Harrison. After that, Barbara Ask Upmark comes on to tell us about the Equine. Training simulator, and of course, we have a great trainer tip on shoulder suppleness this week.
1: This is Reese Kofler Sandfield from Loxahatchee, Florida.
0: And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Well, hi, Arise. Welcome hey, back.
2: Hey, it's, Phil. Uh,
0: it's April now. Okay. I know.
2: Yeah, had a couple of weeks <laughs> <laughs>
1: I know. We missed you guys. It's crazy. Yeah, and it's been um, quite a busy couple weeks down here for me. So, uh,
0: yeah. That's good. Well, I mean, this, uh, the show season is wrapped up. They had their last CDI. I think that was uh, pretty successful.
1: Yes, the Nations Cup was here, and uh, yeah, it was the last show season, uh, which was which was great. I think everybody enjoyed it, and the Nations Cup team did really well. Um, you know, the American yeah, team they were, was They were talking about
0: that American team, huh?
1: Yes, it was um, <laughs> Ashley Holzer, uh, Sabine Shout, uh, Adrian Lyle, and Olivia uh, Legoy-Weltz, and yeah. they were fantastic. Ble- blew them out of the water, which was pretty cool. <laughs> Getting ready well, for Europe.
0: Congratulations! The Canadian team wasn't too too far behind, but no,
2: uh, <laughs>
0: Adrian Lyle and that Salvino are uh, oh. up and coming to watch, uh, they're really getting those top scores now. So yeah, yeah
2: It'll they're be cool. be interesting,
0: um, you know, over the over the summer season, they're going to um, Europe. Obviously, that's what you yep. know, that's what they're doing. So uh, we'll have to keep a close eye on them because I mean, you guys could be thinking about a, a, a medal that
1: I know it's pretty cool, that's, and uh, yeah, I was really lucky cool. enough. Uh, I saw Laura Graves this morning. Um, she was uh, actually, she's she was staying at Haven Safe Farm where we were doing the developing, the USCF developing clinic this week and uh, got to give her a hug and and wish her well in Paris. And, uh, you know, she was super mm-hmm. excited. They were shipping out. Today is actually Thursday. So they, they're they probably leaving actually right about now. Um, and, and they were really excited. So there must be a whole flight, you know, leaving from Miami and they're going actually to Amsterdam. So I got the inside scoop, uh,
3: but did he, <laughs> did he look great? Yeah. yeah,
1: he looked great. I saw him walking around and he's just such a cool character. So we wish Laura Graves uh, a huge, huge, uh, you know, good luck. Good, luck. Uh, yeah, she's, good luck. Yeah. She's excited. She said, you know, this is the first time that she and Isabel will, will go head to head since Aachen. So that is pretty cool. So she said she's really looking forward to that. So I think uh, Isabel will-
0: is riding her second horse, Emilio though. Right.
1: Yes, who's very cool too. Um, so <laughs> I think I think Laura's pretty excited. So we're gonna wish her well, and and uh, I'm sure we'll be able to get it get an update from her. So that was cool. So yeah, that was That's fun, great. and uh, I got to see actually everybody. Everybody was over at Haven Safe today. It was
2: kind
1: of a, <laughs> it was kind of a busy busy place today. So that was cool. Well, so there's uh
0: I think there's a lot of people going coming back north into the snow. They're not expecting that, oh, are they?
1: Gosh, you guys, I am so <laughs> oh my lord, uh, wow. Whew. Uh, we we are lucky enough, uh, you know, uh, we we got to stay a little bit longer for this developing clinic, which was which was a lot of fun. It was fun to do that with Elon Court. He's town and country. Elon Court is growing up. This is a horse you guys have all heard about. And Phil's. Phil was there the day we met, so it's fun <laughs> to, to have a you know a big boy training camp. This was our first big boy training camp, and uh, it was great. Like uh, you know, we had lessons with Debbie McDonald and Charlotte Berdahl, Uh and my coach Scott Hassler was there. So we kind of have a summer plan, uh, which was cool. And um, met with a physiotherapist uh, who specializes in riders. Uh, that's one thing that the U.S. team now feels is really important for riders and let me tell you what guys it was awesome uh just specific exercises Uh, i was nervous i thought oh no i'm gonna have to run a mile or something but it wasn't (laughs) that it was (laughs) like "Uh oh this is not gonna work but it was you know goals for strengthening basically and, and specific goals um for for each rider uh that they want to do so that was pretty cool and then we met with a sports psychologist so
0: um Getting the body right, getting the brain right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But it's all, you know, it's all part of this. You know, it's, it's, it really is. And, and we, it's such a pleasure and honor to be able to, to have a horse, number one, that you can do this stuff with. But to be able to do that and, and see all the up and coming horses. And they encourage us to stay and watch. I mean, it's not an open clinic. You can't just go. And, and it's only the riders uh, that are able to stay and watch. Uh, It's pretty cool to sort of watch everybody. And I got to see some great U25 riders. So uh, it was cool. There were four developing horses and for you 25 riders so it was pretty cool
0: congratulations that's really great <laughs> news. yeah moving up in the world maybe
1: yeah we're trying <laughs> oh we're trying all we're right well
0: uh, we got a good show going on today we have some great discussions we're going to hear about this uh simulator which uh, i've been really curious about uh, i've heard little bits and pieces but now we're going to have the full-on interview with uh with the woman who is teaching the lessons on the and help develop this specific simulator so I'm really excited about it. I think we'll get right to uh, our first guest, Cody Harrison and Ashley Rand-Torres, right after this commercial break from KPP.
4: This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com.
2: The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Researchers have confirmed that as horses age, they naturally become less sensitive to insulin and more susceptible to health problems caused by too much sugar in the diet. One way to reduce the sugar content in a horse's diet is to replace sugar-laden grains with a high-fat supplement. Fat is an extraordinary energy source. It is readily utilized by the horse and contains more than two times the calories of sugary grains. EquiJoule Stabilized Rice Bran is an excellent fat supplement. It contains a balanced calcium-to-phosphorus ratio and won't cause mineral imbalances when added to the diet. Its all-natural ingredients are high in healthy fat and fiber. Best of all, EquiJoule allows owners to easily replace the calories previously supplied by sugary grains. When you need to add healthy calories to your horse's diet, choose Equijuel. To learn more, visit Kentucky Performance Products at kppusa.com.
1: tonight I am really excited about this discussion we're going to have we're going to have a little roundtable discussion with Cody Harrison and Ashley Rand Torres about uh, what's it like to sort of navigate the working student slash moving into the professional rider and uh, I'm I'm saying it right now Ashley Rand is my assistant trainer so Ashley be nice because I can make you sit the trot a lot tomorrow I'm just kidding but girls welcome to the show Thank you. Well, we are are super excited. Yeah, we're both we're excited to have you girls. And so, Ashley, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, how how you made it to Maple Crest Farm and to be my right hand lady? Um, well, it's it's been a long road, but I'm 26,
5: and I've been riding basically since I was six years old for so 20 years. Um, I started off in strictly eventing and I really loved that and did that all throughout my high school career. Um, and then when I went to college, I had to put my riding on hold for about four years, which was really hard for me. But in the end, I really am glad that I did that. And I went to school and then on the other side, about two weeks before graduation, I got a phone call from Reese offering me a position and I took it. So I've been with Reese a long time and she's been a huge part of my career and development as a dressage rider. When I started with her in the spring of 2014, I had only done one dressage show in my entire life. So now I have ridden through Grand Prix and do this for a living. and I. Love it, and I love Reese, and I love working for her, and it's awesome.
1: I paid her to say that. Let's be real, people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> no, <laughs> no, yeah,
1: I pay. There's some. There's some perks there, <laughs> but I have been very lucky to have Ashley in my life. For, I can't believe it's since 2004. It's crazy, uh, but it, you know, we we at my farm um, try to develop a lot of young riders into professional riders. And, and now Ashley's is coming back. And I I'm excited to see sort of where this position uh, will go for her because now she's really coming back as an assistant trainer and we'll get her own uh, business and, and that kind of stuff. So we're super happy to have her back. So Miss Cody, tell us about yourself. <laughs>
6: okay. Well, I also started riding when I was six um, and it was I had the best childhood with horses. You know, there was no pressure. I showed a little bit, um, the farm I grew up at was also eventing, but I jumped around in the hunters and the jumpers and, you know, we just got on our ponies and rode bareback all day, every day. So, uh, I think it was really fun. And I think that's why it really stuck with me is there was no pressure. There was no, you know, it wasn't very serious and it was so nice to be able to grow up with horses in that way. Um, and then when I was 12, I started dressage. Um, I found my first dressage horse, who was very difficult and taught me a lot. Um, and my trainer, I lived in Kansas, and my trainer was in Texas, so I would go back and forth to her about once a month. Um, and she's the one who really, I eventually became a working student for her, and she's the one who really put so much time and effort into me. Her name is Donna Wright, and I will for ever be in debt to her um she put me on a lunge line three times a day for a year (laughs) I was not allowed off a lunge line Mm -hmm. um and yeah that's where I got my fell in love with dressage and then um since then I've had a couple different working student positions and yeah now I am 21 and I um the assistant trainer at Legacy Farms and it's been a really fun ride and uh we just My horse and I just recently competed in our first U25 or the season was our debut of U25. So it's been really exciting. Awesome.
0: Fantastic. So Ashley, I have a question for you. If you're, you know, thinking for doing this, you know, as a career and as your future, what kind of niche are you thinking that you can fill in your business?
5: I think right now.
0: Yeah, right now. And kind of ideally where, where do you want to be in 15, 20 years.
5: Yeah, I think I can really help the eventing side in the dressage since, you know, I have such a strong background in the jumping. And I originally, my plan when I started with Reese was to just get good at dressage because I wasn't, I just jumped. Um, and I just kind of skipped through the <laughs> dressage part just to get to cross country. And I remember telling Reese, I wanted to become really good at dressage so I can go to Rolex. And I just never went back. I just fell in love with dressage because I've never really rode a real dressage horse or really learned from someone that had a passion for dressage. It was always about jumping. So I think going more into the professional teaching training aspect of it, I really look forward to helping those eventers that want their scores to be better and that necessarily don't, hate dressage but just don't know and they they don't know how great it can be and they just need to learn and the better their dressage becomes the
1: better ultimately
5: the jumping will be
2: yes. and, all
4: right
5: cody
1: cody how about you I'm gonna ask the
0: same yeah, question. cody what how are you thinking
4: you, yeah
6: well i have no desire really to jump into the <laughs> eventing world or jumper world i think dressage is for me um <laughs> although i do really believe in cross training i enjoy jumping But um, yeah, I think I really want to gear towards helping the young riders. Um, You know, I'm not exactly sure how to go about it, but my ultimate goal is to have a system where I can really help these young people. I think we lack um, a good youth foundation. You know, it's not anything like over in Europe where, you know, these kids are learning on these ponies who can actually do dressage, the dressage ponies, whereas here I think we have a lot of ponies that kind of do (laughs) dressage.
4: Um
6: but I would love to figure out a way to create a better foundation and help young girls or young boys along the way. Um and I I love training. I love teaching people um and getting lessons. I think uh that's really where I want to focus is more so in that rather than sales or anything else. Um yeah I love to teach and I would love especially I'm like I said, I'm from Kansas, and I would love to bring a market and um, dressage to the Midwest.
1: Well, I think Kansas that's, that's great. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think that's fantastic. So, so, Cody, what is some advice you would give? Like, if if somebody's young listening to our show tonight, um, what are some advice you would give? Sort of younger riders or or riders around your all's age, like to to say, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna make a profession out of this. How? What would your advice be?
6: I would say you have to stick to your gut and everyone has really hard days. It's a tough industry for sure. And, um, you know, whether you're a working student or a groom or whatever it is to always try and go above and beyond what you're asked of and it will be noticed for sure. Um, You know, I think people don't always get the instant gratification that they're expecting. You know, I think they get frustrated when the boss isn't giving them a pat on the back all the time. And I think you have to do it without necessarily um, expecting one because it will go noticed and um, it will get you so much further, but also, uh, but yeah, just work hard. It will pay off. Um, And have fun with it. It doesn't, they're horses and they're meant to be fun and you can't take everything too seriously or it really becomes, um, very stressful and the horses can feel that. I think, uh, so you have to have fun with them and remember that they're an animal, they're a being, and, uh, they need some sort of joy and to be able to be a horse. And, um, that it doesn't always have to just be work in the arena.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think that that's fantastic advice. I think Phil and I and Ashley, I mean, there are tough days in the sport. I and mean, this is an incredibly difficult industry for so many reasons. And you have to be good at so many things. Um, but I just think that that's fantastic. I, mean, I think you're, you're right on because um, – we all work hard. <laughs> you know, I don't think yeah. when you, when you get to, to even the boss level, like we all work hard. We all muck mm-hmm. stalls. We all clean tack. We all do laundry. Um, it, it, it's just part of it. And I think um, you have to sort of know that going in and there are going to be long days and there are going to be hard days. Um, but I think that's really in any career. And I think that's what people forget and not just as a career, but we take care of living beings. And sometimes mm-hmm. those living beings don't feel good or they've had a rough day or a hard week or whatever. And and I think that that's, um, you know, I think that's phenomenal advice. But if you work hard, people will notice and uh, that will become your reputation. And that's what you want is people saying, oh man, that Cody, she really works hard. And that's, That's phenomenal.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, my advice, you know, for me and, you know, the things that I do and and like the horses are the really the easiest part because we, you know, getting into the business, we all love to ride and ride horses. But you have to be a really good people person. You have to get along with people. You have to be able to have a lot of interpersonal skills, you know, and to draw lines and barriers and to be really good with customers. And if you can't handle that. You know, if you're really good with horses, but you're not good with people, you're probably not going to be that successful. Whereas, you know, there's a lot. Well, I'm not going to say there's a lot, but there are um, some people in the business who are really good with people and maybe not the best horse trainers, but they are super successful because that's that's what that's what counts for for the amateurs who want you to train their horse. You know, or you know, in the business is you have to really be good communicator and you know and handle um people really well. And that's that's a little bit sometimes what what people miss like coming into the business is like, oh I'm gonna do horses, I'm a really good trainer, I'm a really good rider, but really that that only matters for a piece of it. And so, you know, just something to think about to work on your interpersonal skills and, and work on your people management and work on um um you know kind of dealing with that and customer service is such a huge aspect. Yeah. So
1: um, so Ashley what what would your advice be? Well, that's
5: all such good advice. Um, yeah, my advice would be, this is a lifestyle we've chosen. And we do take care of animals. And it is, you know, every, in any industry, you have good days and bad days. And I think if you have a goal or a dream, to do just to do it and give it everything you have. And every day, walk away and say, I did everything I could today to the best of my ability, what I was given. And you'll run into hurdles in this industry that you can't control. And you have to be able to just let it roll off your back or sit down and think how you can change it or help it or make it better. And I think this industry needs the next generation to really stick together and become more united and help each other out. And that's something I have found has been really helpful in the past year or so with me. Um, You know, Cody and I know each other really well, and we've been there for each other a lot. And she has helped me so much. And I think that needs to be more universal. I think we need to have friends and we need to support each other. And I think that's my biggest advice and what I've learned recently is we need to lift each other up on a daily basis or weekly basis and if someone has a bad day just lift them up and help each other out we all love to do what we do and there's no reason we shouldn't love doing it together
1: yeah I think Ash you bring in a good point and I think you've seen like you know obviously, you've seen Phil and I, and, and Phil and I became friends from a conference we went to with, with, at Hassler Desage, which was all young trainers, and we're all now medium level trainers, aren't we, Phil? That was started started like 13, 14 years ago uh, when I was your guys's age, and Phil and I were your guys's age. And you know, that group specifically was fantastic because it's all a group of trainers, we can all call upon each other. Uh, and I, I mean, obviously, I talk to Phil a lot uh, for the show, but not just that the show like hey i'm really having trouble or he knows he knows all my horses super well and like i was at a horse show once and i was having trouble with an amateur rider doing walk pirouettes and i phoned a friend i'm like phil i don't know what else to say you know but Mm -hmm. to have a group of of professionals i think for the longest times professionals weren't uh working together you know it's but at the end of the day we all need to share ideas it's it's an important thing and i think um you know, you guys have learned that now, and and Phil and I—that's that's actually how Phil and I met—was through that conference. And um, we don't always agree, um, but we're, we have very very similar ways of training and and similar, you know, thought processes. So I think it's really important um, to be able to do that. So um, I think
0: I think what's been cool is that we've been able to share clients.
1: Yeah, you no, know? and
0: I think a- that yeah, our yeah. clients really benefit from hey you know have a lesson here have a lesson there because i know that reese is not going to you know talk negatively about me you know and try and take a client i can i can send her somebody who's you know maybe a little bit stuck with a problem or or whatever and she can have some lessons with reese she can have lessons with you know whoever uh, you know this network of people that you know we all kind of working together to help also this this large group of of amateurs and and horse owners and i think that's really cool because uh, kind of growing up and and i see it in the sport very much still is like people are have like their isolated camps of students and you know like well this you know and there's lots of negative backbiting and and you know and just um you know negative stuff right but i like it where it's open we're friends hey you know i can i can send send a client or send a horse to a lot of uh other great trainers that uh that everybody can benefit from that and horses can benefit from that. And I think that's really, really awesome. I, you know, I'd really just like to be more inclusive in you know, in training horses and just in this business. And and like you said, we can all help each other and, and lift each other up, you know? So I think that's important. You know, when people, we get, we get the question quite a bit about, um, what do I look for in, you know, in a horse trainer in my area? And I think that that is one of the things, you know, people who are open and, and to take ideas from other people and who work with other people, you know, I think that's important in, in having your trainer, you know, be something that you want to look up to in, in many aspects, not just riding, not in just in dealing with horses, but just kind of as a person and, and have positivity in the sport. And we can, I think we can try and build that.
1: Absolutely. So, so one last question. I like it. One last question (laughs) for you ladies. So, um, So Cody, we'll start with you. What, what is your, what are you doing this year? What's your, what are your personal riding goals for this year?
6: So this year with my own horse, the Bosco, um, we are doing our last show in two weeks or at least for the season, I guess season's kind of over, but anyway, um, we're finishing up the U25. Uh, I think we're going to try and qualify for Lamplight um, and do the U25 classes there. Um, and then I also have two other horses that I am riding right now. Uh, Hijack is one, um, and we're going to try and qualify for the third level national or regional with him. Um, and then also, I have another one, Benny, who we maybe are trying to show. But anyway, it's just for me, it's so fun to get down center line with all these different horses and learn um, how to really go down center line and ride because I've had a bit of a problem with that, you know, I think everyone does, uh, nerves and you just kinda shut down and you win the warm up and you go out there and fresh. <laughs> so it's been uh really fun for me to, you know, feel all these different horses, the ones who are get, you know, really hot in the ring, the ones who get really lazy in the ring and shut down. So um yeah, as far as my own personal horse, we focus on the U twenty five. and then yeah, eventually. Hopefully make it to Grand
5: Prix. Love
1: it. Ashley, how about you?
5: Mm -hmm. Well, I just recently purchased a horse um, named Cindy. And my goal with him will be to qualify for regionals at third level and hopefully qualify for nationals in Lexington this year. And then we'll see where it goes. He's really cool, and I'm really excited
1: for our future together.
0: How do you buy a young horse without asking me about it first?
1: (laughs) She asked me, Phil.
0: Well, yeah, you want the expert, though. You'll
5: like
1: him, Phil. You'll like him, Uh, Phil. I think you'll like him. You'll (laughs) like him. Well, ladies, thank you so much for your time tonight. It's been super fun to talk to you guys. And uh, we look forward to following your career. And poor Ashley, she's coming along with me, so I know what she does every day. (laughs) 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 Thank you, ladies.
4: And we look forward to keeping an eye as well. 100% Merino Sheepskin Saddle Pads, 100% Merino Wool Saddle Pads, Grip-Tech Saddle Pads, and Air Ride Saddle Pads from Equine Comfort Products are designed for active riders, competitors, and horse enthusiasts. Let's learn more about the massive benefits of the Air Ride Pads. ECP's Air Ride Pads are extremely breathable due to the series of small holes throughout the entire pad surface. The ventilation holes allow for better heat transfer and moisture wicking. This keeps the horse cool and dry, providing a greater competitive edge. Furthermore, they are durable, shock-absorbing, and offer superb comfort while retaining their original shape after each use. They are antimicrobial and constructed of a TPE foam, which is a thermoplastic elastomer, preventing slipping under both wet and dry conditions. All of our pads have billet straps and our full-size pads also include girth straps to hold the pad in place. Air Ride pads can be cleaned simply by spraying them down with cool water or wiping them off. You can find ECP products at your local tack store, online retailers, or you can go to www.equinecomfort.com.
1: tonight i am very happy to have barbara ask up mark she is um a fei rider and trainer and she also uh is the head trainer for the dressage and jumping simulator barbara welcome to the show
3: thank you so much for having me
1: (laughs) well barbara first of all tell us a little bit about
3: yourself uh, well, I am uh, a dressage rider, a former uh, mounted police officer from Sweden. I uh, moved to California in uh, 2000, and then I uh, moved to North Carolina and try on an International Equestrian Center, where I'm now employed as an education manager since 2016. Fantastic. I train horses, I train riders, and uh, I have worked with the simulators for 12 years now.
1: So tell us a little bit about the simulator and a little bit about what it is and how do do we find you, all that good stuff.
3: Yes. Uh, I uh, first came in contact with the simulators, like I said, 12 years ago. Uh, Company Racewood in England are making them. And uh, I met with uh, the manufacturer and um, I actually bought a very early model that was just a basic riding simulator from there. I uh, started to uh, kind of challenge the company and uh, we started to work together and uh, I got the benefit of helping them uh, from a rider's point of view and telling them what I really wish to see in a perfect horse. And they were able to uh, put all that together and they developed the dressage simulator, but um, uh, I wanted more. and. Uh, that uh, took a few years, and uh, the result of that is now the so-called eventing simulator that I call the Maximus model, because Maximus model is really the Maximus of what the horse can do. So this horse, this simulator, can do dressage movements up to Grand Prix, uh, and it's very, very sensitive. It has sensors for the neck, the mouth, the legs, and the seat. So it shows all on uh, three big screens, Uh, how you sit, how you use your aids, and how you coordinate. And you can also ride a lifelike interactive uh, dressage test or a dressage ride and just practice your circles or your half-passes or your one-time changes, whatever you need to practice. And uh, the good thing is that I can stand next to the rider and help them physically uh, to uh, achieve what it is they're looking for. They can also jump a show jumping course up to one meter 20 and uh, with a lot of different training programs for the jumper rider where they can see balance and we can practice endless uh, line of jumps on different heights and different difficulties. And then he can also do a cross country course. Uh, so he is very versatile, uh, this simulator. So, uh, it's, uh, it's really uh, very uh, fun to train on it because it's so uh, great to get that uh, feedback from the riders, how much it, it changes them and their horses when they get back to the horse.
1: That is true. I I will tell you. So I, um, Barbara and I were chatting and we have a student together um, that has gone and and she rode the simulator while Barbara was here in in Wellington. And uh, the simulator for this particular student was great because it gave my student a lot of confidence. and, And it also it enabled her, she's an adult amateur and she's in her sixties. She'd be okay with us saying that. And, um, it also gave her a lot uh, more fitness and, um, it also gave her a lot more awareness of her body. So Mm -hmm. I asked, I asked Barbara, I said, Barbara, I would like to come ride the simulator for, for, um, you know, having you on the show. And I will tell you, I mean, you know, um, I got on the simulator and I thought, oh, I am sitting straight and I am perfect. And it is so telling, slightly humbling on how you're not And, and what you think is centered is not centered at all. And, um, it was, it was awesome. So Barbara, we didn't even get to practice anything really, because I was so obsessed with the one, um, but the one, uh, I don't know how to say it, but on the, on the screen, I was so obsessed that I wasn't square on the horse. I thought, oh my gosh, this is so yeah, embarrassing. It was very
3: interesting too. When we looked at that instruction screen that we saw your balance line and, and uh, how, you, how we were able to change it, actually, within, yes. I think, about 10, 15 minutes, uh, you realized what you needed to do in order to sit in the center of the saddle. Yeah, it was awesome. And uh, that's the good thing. You know, when you have a good rider like you, uh, it's easy to fix those things. Uh, and when you have an adult amateur, they often have problems not just with the seat, but also with the coordination of their hands and their legs. So uh, so that's another step further, that uh, we see the rain sensors and the leg sensors. And I often see that when an uh, adult amateur or an amateur in general is trying to get the legs on and make the legs work the way they are supposed to work, it affects their hands. And uh, when they see that on the screen, how the rain sensors goes crazy yeah. uh, because they're trying to get the right leg on, the right hand is all of a sudden pulling on the rain, uh, that really really helps the horses you know that changes uh, really the life not just for the rider but really also for the horses
1: oh and it and it did for my particular student but even for myself I, I my student really um she went uh, three d- days a week I mean she really committed to the simulator and it was magical how she changed in two months because she really committed and but I will tell you I um after my lesson, I you know Barbara really helped me isolate where I was tight. And then uh, this week I've been a- I was able to see a, a physio a therapist who specializes in riders. And I told her, I said, I really feel like uh, when I was on the simulator, this is exactly the piece of my body that was tight. So I was able to really take the information and, and take it to the physiotherapist and say, okay, how can you help me?" figure this out and
3: yeah that's great that's, that's what's so great you know because how often do you get to sit on a perfectly obedient horse that is absolutely straight and goes by himself and then on top of that you have lines that shows you exactly what it is you're doing and an instructor that can actually touch you in the moment that is happening so riding a simulator is really it's really the future that is here now
0: So I'm really interested to hear about um, maybe a little bit of the technical. Like the simulator does move, like it walks, trots, and canters. How is that movement generated within the machine?
3: Yes. So this new simulator is uh, moving with hydraulics. So it's not only lifts up, but it also shoots forward and back uh, because it has to do that when it jumps. So that means that uh, in the dressage, we get the benefit of that. So you're actually feeling that you're riding an extended trot because he is shooting forward at the same time as he's going upward a little bit. And uh, the neck is moving up and down. So you can actually do a stretchy circle in posting trot and get the feel for what it feels like when the horse takes the bit and stretches over the back down which most riders that I have are not uh, able to do that. The, the few first lessons, they cannot do that because they're trying to pull the simulator down like they do with a the horse. They try to pull the yeah. head down instead of riding from the back to the front, which of course means that the horse stops, the simulator stops. He won't do it unless you do it correctly. So... Um, All the gates on this horse is very uh, lifelike. The dressage simulator moves a little bit different because it moves on motors and cranks, so that one doesn't shoot forward, it just goes up and down. However, it's still a great simulator, but this one is like the Ferrari of simulators, if I may say so. So when you ride Passage on this horse, his Passage is actually set to Totilas, Passage,
4: Because when I
3: was riding it, um, the software guy and I were working together, and we pulled up uh, a video of Totalus doing Passage, and I told him to set it to the lift and the, the speed and the rhythm of this horse. Yeah. And yeah. so he did. So his Passage is pretty impressive, really. So how
0: hard was it to work with the, the technical programmers and the, and the engineers? who, like, How long did that, what was, what was that process like?
3: Well, to it get has it, taken to get it quite it, to get some really time the because, uh, yeah, uh, the dressage simulator was, you know, one thing to do. But then, <clears throat> when I said I would ultimately like to have a simulator that reacts for the pressure of the bit, so he actually pulls away from you if you are not sitting correct and if you not have a connect uh, correct connection. So if you are too loose, he will pull on you, and if you are too tight, he will slow down or stop. Oh. And uh, that means that the neck has to go both up and down, but also sideways. So that was a huge uh, hurdle for the, for the manufacturer to get over because the dressage simulator only does sideways with his neck and right. the jumping simulator only to go up and down with the neck. So here now uh, he has to do everything. So they told me right away, the inventor, Bill Greenwood, he said, no, no, that's not possible. It, it's going to be too heavy, too difficult. So it took him about almost three years and many, many phone calls saying that he was very upset. You have no idea how many necks I have laying around here. That
2: that's <laughs> so...
3: Uh, so then eventually he called and he said I think I got it and I think you can come over because I would like to get your input on it. And so I actually flew over to England and I was there for a week and we worked on it. And um, from there it was just uh, just a pleasure to work with them because they are so keen in doing this, right? Even though they are not really horse horse people, right. but uh, they are really really um, in it to uh, to make it better better horse world, uh, both for jockeys, that they make racehorse simulators, and then like this one, and then they also make uh, uh, simulators for disabled riders, which is absolutely fantastic too, for uh, mentally uh, disabled people, for autistic yeah. children, uh, special wow. programs, uh, that is absolutely amazing. So um, I just hope that that will, you know, spread more in this country, because in Europe, uh, most therapeutic riding schools are using a simulator for their uh, needs uh, because, of course, a disabled person can have a canter on a horse
2: right. and uh, certainly factors. not jump. Yeah,
3: yeah. and uh, on the simulator, they can actually do everything, you know, because yeah. I can help them to steer and I can help them to, uh, we can hold them. And uh, it's um, it's a very, very, very positive experience uh, for uh, Children and adults alike that have disabilities, both m- mentally and physically. So uh, I hope that will really catch on in this country too.
0: so, how lifelike, like uh, how much uh, I really want to kind of have an honest opinion. I mean, were you able, like can you bend the horse? Can yeah. you know how much you of can. it is similar riding? Yeah, well,
1: I, I- be honest I was so focused on the fact that I wasn't straight on the horse it drove me crazy I was like I, I think I'm super straight so I think from that standpoint it's it's a really really cool tool and I will tell you Barbara got on and she did one-time changes and all kinds of stuff and I couldn't do it I mean, I, mean I, I you really to to really get the understanding of it, you have to commit to it. Is, is like what Pam did. I I enjoyed it from yeah. the standpoint of uh, I'm not straight on the horse and 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 that kind of stuff. But I I came literally the day before Barbara left. So um, if she'd you been here long, ses- like I yeah. wanted more sessions because I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I I want more. Um, and and so that was it was cool for even just a one ride because again, it really highlighted. Um, how how crooked I was Uh, because you can't lie when you're sitting on that sitting on it and it starts to move and you know it is really really hard to get any exercise that mimics the horses right so um, I think it's a really really cool tool and um, even just the coordination I mean professional riders get more coordination because we practice more but a lot of amateur riders they ride one maybe two horses a day and this really helps dramatically. I mean, my client who, who went, it, it was dramatic. And it also just because she had more awareness of her body gave her a lot more confidence on her horse. and And so it was just like so many benefits that you wouldn't think about. So, um, I enjoyed my one ride. I'd like to go back again and, and see if I've been able to, uh, fix my straightness issue. Uh, cause I've been working, you know, now I, now I took it to the physio and said, okay, well, this is, this is what the problem is. Let's fix it. So, you know, cause my horses go around just, I, you know, I think they're great, but clearly I am not maximizing what I can do. So, uh, it was really cool. It was a really good experience.
0: Nice. So it has That's sensors cool. under the saddle in the bit mm-hmm. and on the mm-hmm. horse's sides as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All over. Yeah, I,
0: yeah. Good. So I'm just trying to get a mental picture. Of- well,
1: so Phil, we, we will, we will post some pictures of me on the simulator cause it's a All little right. easier to see when I'm on there and, and how Barbara can manipulate it, you know, help you sit properly in the saddle. And we Ooh. didn't even get into contact. I mean, there was so much we didn't touch on. Um, You know, you couldn't in in your hour lesson. Again, you need to to take some time. So, Barbara, if people want to come and ride this baby, this is cool. How do they do that? Like, how can they find you?
3: Well, we are fortunate enough to have two event simulators here on the East Coast, and both of them are owned by Triam International Equestrian Center. And so one is here in North Carolina at uh, TIEC, and where I am nine months of the year, So I am here now from April and up to January. And then we have uh, Dante Maximus is in uh, Wellington, and he is happily now sleeping in a very special stall for (laughs) for those months. And then he will be up and running again in January, mid-January, and for the winter season in Florida. And uh, both for the last two years now, we have been in front of the Global Dressage in in a tent there. But uh, from uh, what I have been told uh, by uh, Mark Bellissimo that owns him, said that uh, he will uh, try to build him a permanent uh, house like we have here at TIC uh, that is air conditioned and um, where people can come and actually sit and study each other. And, and it's really uh, cool. And that's probably, I think, going to be at the International Polo Club over on 120th Avenue. So um, there will be uh, something to check on on the website as we uh, come closer to the the winter season. But uh, I will be here uh, and on call, uh, ready to uh, help any rider uh, at TIC uh, all the way up now to the WEG, of course, which is already booking up a lot of lessons. So if anybody wants to ride, during Phil, the Phil to we're it. in. Phil,
2: come
0: on. Go <laughs> we're going to go over there. Save yeah. and
3: I have spot. We're, I'm coming back. I'm doing it again. <laughs> yeah. So, me spot, uh, let me know. yeah, let me know uh, what days you're here so you want to ride because yes. we need to uh, sign you up for that. Let me and up. I, I was just going to add cool. one thing quickly, and yeah. that is that for me as a Grand Prix rider, it has improved my own riding so unbelievable. So even though adult amateurs are the biggest group I have of riders that are are really benefiting from this, I must say that when Grand Prix riders or upper level riders take a step back and like Reese did and are humble enough to admit that uh, you are not perfect just because you ride Grand Prix, uh, then you can really, really uh, lift yourself up to a totally different level that you have never been before. And that is where I found that I could do. I, I raised my points from 64 to 74 when I started to ride the simulator. And I rode my horse like I ride the simulator. And he appreciated that. And he responded. So he knew that when I put my legs in a certain position, that is what he was expected to do. There was never any confusion between him and me. So uh, it's it's beneficial from the beginner to the Grand Prix rider. And that's what's so fascinating to me.
0: That sounds awesome. I just have one more question before we let you go. How far away do you think we are from a fully robotic horse that we can all compete at?
3: <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't want that really, you know, that's what, what this is uh, really meant to be a compliment to the horse. And I must say that when I first started to do this, yes, I was thinking about myself and riders and great to help riders and all that, but really my heart really is to help horses. have better riders on them because I have seen too many horses go to waste so to speak because of poor riding and not because riders are mean or anything but just because they doesn't know they don't know what they're doing wrong and that is what's so wonderful to help riders uh, to achieve their goals and come back to me and say I can't believe how my horse have changed now he greets me when I come to the barn instead of putting his head in the corner. And that is really the best. That's uh,
2: perfect. Yeah. That's
3: yeah. awesome.
1: So, Barbara, how can our listeners uh, find find you online? How how can they get a hold of you
3: to schedule yes, a lesson? they can uh, they can either, either go to tryon.com, which is just the, the big 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 website where there's a lot of information, but if they want to make it easy for themselves, they can also go to alwaysagoodride.com, which is my personal website. And there is all the information. Uh, they can see a video of the event simulator, and they can uh, contact me directly there. Or if they want to contact me through the Tryon website is uh, also uh, my email address There is uh, uh, my first initial B, and then my last name, askupmark at tryon.com. So uh, there are different ways to do it. Always a good ride.com or tryon.com.
1: Fantastic. Well, thank you, Barbara, and we can't wait to see you during the leg.
3: Okay, I look forward to it.
4: This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief gird at totalsaddlefit.com.
1: Well, Phil, we've got a fantastic trainer tip from Jen here in a few seconds, but tell us a little bit about the total saddle fit shoulder relief
0: girth. Well, I think maybe we'll talk about the the stretch tech shoulder relief girth today. Um, We love this girth because it fits the horse's natural girth groove. That's hard to say, Um, but it's, it really fits the horses perfectly, you know, uh, almost all the horses actually. Um, go on this I girth love. now. I just keep uh, accumulating more of them, and I <laughs> need a couple. Of, I need a couple of brown ones to fit the brown tack for those horses. And um, it's just been so fantastic. And the sizing is easy to do. It shows you how to do that on on the website. And uh, you know the the quality of each girth is is always reliable and the same. So I know in some other products that I've gotten that you get one that's really good saddle pads in particular, and then the next one you get not stitched the right way or, or just kind of crappy the second time you buy it. So I have to thank Justin for ensuring quality and all of his products that he sent us.
1: It's true. It's great. And I, I also use this girth a lot. I, I found it on my big youngsters. It works really well because those guys, they're really starting to get some muscles and they're having to, you know, lift their tummies up and this girth, you know, sometimes they can get a little bit sore in that area, especially the big guys that I ride. And, um, this girth has been huge because it really helps that group of horses uh, along with other ones. But I've really had it help as my big guys are growing up and, and they're moving and moving around. Uh, this has been a fantastic girth. So uh, we highly, highly recommend it. And we both use these girths every day. So uh, any any questions or comments, to send them to Justin at totalsaddlefit.com. He's great to work with and uh, he's, he answers lots of questions. So I hope you uh, enjoy that. Well, Jen, you have our total saddle fit tip of the week. What you got for us?
4: I have a question. Email from Mary Ellen. I've been having an equine massage therapist work on my Morgan mare on a regular schedule for the past few months. Her whole body is getting much, much better and she's moving better. But the massage therapist says she is still tight through her shoulders each time she comes out. Do you have any suggestions on exercises I should or shouldn't do to help free up my Morgan Mayer's shoulders.
1: Yeah, this is
2: <laughs> I what are
1: this. you thinking? I work on this on a daily basis on a couple yeah. of my horses. Um so yeah, I mean I think first of all, I am a huge advocate of um massage therapy. I have a fantastic therapist who uh, works on my horses, um, the big guns, get it uh, actually every week. Uh, Hello uh, loves the massage. And, you know, when you really work with somebody who, um, you know, she travels, she's here in Wellington with us, she's in Kentucky. Um, So I really rely on her to, to give me a lot of feedback and a lot of sort of general information. Like I'll say, hey, this is what we were working on in the training this week. So I would expect you to see this, uh, but tell me if you're seeing something else that I need to be concerned about or however. So I am a huge, huge advocate of massage therapy. I think it's such a great way to, to make sure that the horses are staying sort of in, in, in good order. Uh, so that's the first thing. And then I think, you know, freeing up the shoulders is tough, right? Because, um, some horses are really gifted in this area and then other horses aren't as gifted. And, you know, this is a place where they can get sore. It's sort of like, um, if you, uh, go to a lot of yoga classes, for example, and like, I, I, I'm really stiff in my hips personally. So, so for me, when I'm in yoga class, I have to really work on that part of my body. So it's very similar with horses that are tight in their shoulders. So you can do lots of things. I think, um, a lot of times you have to remember, uh, the horses need to carry weight behind. Um, a lot of horses that are sort of a little bit too much on the forehand can get sore in the shoulders. Um, also if you're really doing a lot of extended work, which, um, you know, I'm not a huge fan of tons and tons of extended shot, but there are times that you have to do it. Um, if you're working a lot of, um, exercises that are making the horses stretch, uh, for example, or even some jumping, um, that can make them sore in their shoulders. So, um, I think I'm, I'm really glad that you're, you're working with a massage therapist. And I think that, um, I would just be very, very careful that you're really working that horse from the hind leg and that they're not kind of putting a lot of, a lot of extra weight on their shoulders. Phil, how about you?
0: That's, I mean, all great points. I think if you're trying to work towards getting a little more weight on the hind leg, we're talking about half halts and transitions. If you want more shoulder freedom, then we're talking about lateral work. So I think, um, you know, the first way to start lateral work is in the walk. And you can be doing some leg yield. That's the kind of the most basic uh, lateral position for the horse to be, you know, coming down the quarter line nice and straight. And then to be driving the horse, you know, from your inside leg towards the wall or into your outside rein a little bit more. You know, see if you can get that horse crossing equally in front and behind. Usually, the front isn't too much trouble, but it's the hind leg crossing that that um, the horses normally have problems with. But if your horse is a little stiff in the shoulders, this is a good way to kind of evaluate. You know, how much they can they can step over you know from one leg and then you can push them back you know you get to the wall quite easily then you can push them the horse back from the wall towards the inside the arena so you're trying to work you know both sides equally. Um, if you can already do that then I think shoulder in is a great um, exercise to be introducing at, at this point in the beginning stages of so- shoulder in it should sort of feel like um, the leg yield. So when I introduce shoulder into the horses, I actually do it more as a a leg yield. So I ride the horse uh, from the corner, keep a little bit of band, start to go across the diagonal line as if you're going across the arena on a diagonal. And then you uh, drive the horse down the wall a little bit from your inside leg. And then, you know, at the beginning, if their horse just goes a little bit over and then you start again on a new diagonal going across the arena and then ask them to go over a little bit then you know, that's how you're introducing this idea. So um, again, in the beginning stages of shoulder in, it's okay to, to get a little bit of a leg yield idea that they are crossing hind legs and front legs. Eventually, you'll get enough control that you can you know, kind of reduce the angle and increase the bend a little bit so the horse is you know, traveling straight with the hind legs and bending from you know, the saddle area forward so that the only the front legs uh, are displaced on that, on that sideways diagonal line. Um you know so you can kind of review our episodes that we've done on on some of the shoulder in lateral work and then if you're really good and you've you know kind of mastered the leg yield and the shoulder in then the the next exercise would be romver which is shoulder in you know pushing the horse down that diagonal line down the arena and then changing the bend towards the outside and then I change the bend back towards the inside so I go shoulder in romver romver shoulder in and I think for me that is the you know, quintessential suppling shoulder exercise that you can bend, you know, the horse back and forth while driving them laterally down the arena. I think, you know, if that doesn't work get your horse's shoulders, really supple and moving. And, you know, as long as you're riding forward and balancing the rest of the horse while you're doing all of that, I think you're going to have success. You're going to get those shoulders free. The horse is going to be able to move, you know, and, and stretch in all ways, not just forward and back, but side to side a little bit. And, uh, and then you have then you have your nice bendy supple yoga horse.
1: I love it. Fantastic. <laughs> well, as always, we love listener questions. Thanks so much for listening and as always, you can find us and send us uh, your emails and Facebook shoutouts. We love it. You can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search dressage radio show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com.
0: I think the best way to find me or get in touch with me is on Facebook or my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors for allowing us to put on a good show and don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com.
1: Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back and we'll talk to you next week.